Hi, everyone. We hope you're all having a great day. We're excited to welcome you back to Teen Talk, the original podcast by Through Teen Lenses, which highlights real-world issues through teen perspectives. Today is Saturday, September 3rd, 2022. My name is Maya Neme, and I'm a senior in high school and one of the two hosts of today's podcast. Hi, guys. I'm Vihan Mathur, also a high school senior and your other host. Today, we are going to be talking with Kenny Chu, a sophomore at the University of Pennsylvania. As a high schooler, Kenny founded Fridges and Family, a nonprofit and network of community fridges throughout Philadelphia, which are stocked daily with free food. Kenny also recently worked with the People's Kitchen of Philadelphia, which provides Philly's communities with nutritious food through free meal distribution and community gardens. Kenny, thank you for joining us today. We're so excited to have you with us. To start, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and why you became interested in fighting food insecurity? Of course, I'm happy to be here. Um, my name is Kenny. I'm from South Philly. So we started Fridges and Family um, in the summer of 2020. Um, this was this was due to, um, I guess, COVID's. Uh, well, it was due to food insecurity. I was exacerbated by COVID and other problems that were sort of made bigger by COVID. Um, I was my senior year of high school at that time and basically yeah there I was still online for all my senior year so there was this this sort of period with so much time and um Fridges and Family actually started um through Twitter um someone sort of saw um I guess you would say my political tweets and uh, my previous work in the community um his name is Justin the other co-founder so he just sent me um a Twitter DM randomly. We didn't know each other before that time. <laughs> and yeah, he just said, let's let's do community fridges. Let's do something um, that's accessible to everyone in the city. Um, something that you don't have to apply for, like a lot of other food programs, something that's mutual aid based. And yeah. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. It must have been really hard, especially starting that during COVID. Um, with all the restrictions in place. Um, so besides COVID, were there a lot of other challenges that you experienced while starting Fridges and Family from scratch and trying to gain traction? Yeah, totally. Um, just installing a fridge outside um, on a residential and business neighborhood or block is pretty difficult. The first step was finding a host, meaning, meaning someone or a property that was willing to let us plug our fridge inside and have the fridge outside. Um, so that was that was a bit difficult to find a host until we actually um, ran to a people's kitchen, which is um, a free food community kitchen that um, provides free food for the South Philly community and now the broader Philadelphia area. Um, they reached out and they were willing to host our community fridge. Um, besides that, um, free food really took off um, in such a in such a sort of place like um, our first community fridge, which is on 9th Street, one of the busiest streets on South Philly. There was just so much so much demand for food. And we often found often found the fridge bare and empty due to the demand. So so, yeah, that led to us trying to find food sources to stock these community fridges and we turn to supermarkets um which throw away a lot of food um that 
doesn't be get sold. Um, that doesn't mean that the food isn't fresh or it's not good. It just means that um, maybe the supermarket didn't sell enough of it. Uh, maybe the packaging is a little off. Um, so us, um, our volunteers, we're all able to go into various um, supermarkets and take all of their excess product. Um, we also work with other community organizations um, in the city, um, such as Share Food. There's also an organization called Sharing Access. Um, there are also organizations that our volunteers pick up from and drop off food in. Um, yeah, um, difficulties. Other than that, um, it's been pretty well. Um, we've been able to work with community members, volunteers, um, other organizations to sort of um, work together and make this whole project work. So moving away from those challenges you just mentioned, do you have any favorite memories or anecdotes from your time of founding and working on Bridges and Family? Totally, yeah. Um, my favorite memories are actually um, people who haven't seen the fridge before and they walk by and they're like, how much is this? Can I buy this? And um, we or our volunteers were always able to just um, say, say with a smile that the food is actually free and it's just great to see people's reactions and people saying that, wow, we really need this and this is really important to our community. Um, some other moments, uh, we've loved like the process of starting new fridges. We currently have four and every time we need a new one, there's always this process of um, finding a donated fridge and then painting the fridge and putting artwork on it. And then, yeah, it's always such a good community bonding experience and a good place to bring people together. Yeah, that sounds really interesting. Um, I'm really interested in like, almost like the amount of impact that Fridges and Family has had. Do you know how many fridges you have around the area? Yeah, um, we have food, we have four free food community fridges, um, three in Philly and one in New Jersey. Um, our impact is definitely, I'd say big, but our, our purpose is to sort of support the other ecosystems, the other food ecosystems around the city. Um, yeah. Yeah, that sounds really cool, especially like around such a big area. Um, we know you started the organization while you were still in high school and you just talked about its impact and how you've continued to run it as a student at UPenn. So how do you balance your equally important responsibilities as a student um, and also being the head of a nonprofit? Totally, yeah, it's, it's a bit difficult. Um, college just, just definitely takes up a lot of time. Uh, the first community fridge was actually just a few blocks from my house. Um, so I was always there, but now I'm living in a totally different part of the city. So it's it's hard to not always be there. Um, and it's harder to just have a have sort of a like delegating role instead of actually like going to supermarkets or going to nonprofit warehouses and picking up food. So that's definitely something I miss. Um, but it's going well just because we have volunteers that are really invested in the community and willing to give their time to make um, their own neighborhoods the better. So I know that you also interned at the People's Kitchen this summer, which is another nonprofit dedicated to fighting food insecurity in Philly. So I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about how your work with 
them differs or is similar to your work with Bridges and Family and what exactly your role was? Yeah, um, 2020 again, that's what I started in the People's Kitchen again, just finding like all this time around um, during COVID, um, school was closed, just looking for something to do and get out the house, honestly. Um, so People's Kitchen started in 2020 again as a response to um, the COVID pandemic. Um, started off just providing free meals for the community. So just having chefs um, come in and cook using donated ingredients from, again, supermarkets and warehouses, um, farms, um, basically just using chefs and volunteers and using donated produce from all of our food ecosystems and making fresh and hot meals for the community and for people who need it. Um, from there, it's grown into a lot a lot bigger than just free meals now um, there's a pastry program there's a food fermentation program to preserve um, food that we ne necessarily can't keep for a long time um, last summer we started turning um, vacant lots in southwest philly into thriving free food community gardens that the community can grow um, but yeah um, in terms of its difference from fridges and family there's definitely a lot is definitely a lot more political and controversial. Um, so yeah, last summer, this summer, 2022, I was um, an intern at the People's Kitchen, and my primary role was primary role was um, sort of the agricultural manager. So spending a lot of time on the community gardens, we like to call them farms, actually. Um, but yeah, um, I can go into a lot of like the difficulties that happened. Um, yeah, um, this, this land in Southwest Philly, um, a few decades ago was actually, um, at the height of the crack pen epidemic in Philly. So, um, it's been raided by the feds a lot. It's also, um, these lots have been for many decades, um, just a place for people to do their illegal dumping, um. It's just filled with weeds and trash, and it's actually owned by developers who've not paid their taxes on this property. Um, so no one's really on these vacant lots until we started coming in, um, cleaning them up, laying down dirt, and then planting seeds. Um, but it is, it is again, political because it's not our land. Um, um, and political players do want to see development of luxury housing instead of community gardens here. Um, this July, the sheriff's office, which is um, sort of a branch of the law enforcement in Philly, um, actually put up signs around our gardens saying that they would be selling these lots because they are tax delinquent and the city wants to see these lots developed. Um, so yeah, we've been fighting the sheriff's office um, for quite some time now. We've been able to delay the sale of our community gardens, um, which isn't a perfect solution. Um, but we are working with city council and other city leaders to sort of enact some legislation around the city to protect community land like ours. Yeah, that's actually really interesting. And it's really incredible to see you fighting for just the community gardens that you've been working on with the People's Kitchen. Um, I, on, I actually read an article about that before the podcast, and I was really shocked to see um, the governing bodies of that area doing what they were doing to the community gardens because they were doing such a 
favor to the community, which you, you just talked about, like it, the land wasn't looking so good before and the community gardens really brought everyone together. So it's really cool to hear that you're actually fighting um, the people who are trying to take that down. Um, but in general, like with Fridges and Family, as well as like your work with People's Kitchen, do you have any takeaways or advice that you would share with teens who want to start their own nonprofits, especially right now, like during COVID when so many teens started starting a bunch of new nonprofits, it was like an overload on Instagram. You would see so many different people starting them. Did you have any advice to the people who want to start them and actually want to make an impact instead of just maybe like staying on Instagram and stuff like that? Yeah, totally. Um, I think that the um, best way to learn on how to do things is just to do it. Um, honestly, when you just jump right into things, um, just start wherever you want to start. And the quickest way you're going to learn things is to just go through problems and go through bumps in the road. Um, it's really something that can't be taught. Um, you, you um, teens, whoever, like, you know your community the best and research won't, you know, tell you what your community needs. Um, you know that best yourself. So um, I guess just just jump into something that's you're passionate about because if you really don't care about what you're doing, um, it's not going to work in the end because it creates a, um, this type of work you need. You need a lot of time. You have to care about it in order to put in the work. Um, yeah, honestly, but like just jump into it. Um, that's the, the best way to start and it'll just grow from there. If you, if you put in the work, if you talk to community members, if you work with community members, um, people are going to start seeing that it's something that can grow. And especially like in our, in our saturated activism world, um, that's definitely great. And we need, I think our communities need as much help as we can get, especially from teens. Teens are the future. Um, and yeah, not, I guess, I guess what I want to say is that um, over the last few years, we've seen that um, our government isn't, isn't really working in our favor and it's up to us to do what we can to bring change to our communities. Thanks so much for those insights. I think any teen who's interested in starting a nonprofit will find that advice really helpful. So just looking forward, we were wondering what your next plans are and what you're hoping on doing in the future. So do you have any plans for Fridges and Family or the People's Kitchen or any other organizations that you want to be involved in? Yeah, um, so Fridges and Family, um, current goal right now is to just um, keep improving what we're doing. Uh, everything isn't perfect. Um, so just trying to keep our fridges as, as stocked as possible because we know our communities need, need sort of that fresh produce um, with the People's Kitchen and the community farms. Um, continuing to fight for land sovereignty um, at the end of the day, hopefully soon. Um, we want to own this land so we can do whatever we want with this land, whether it's building a greenhouse or building some infrastructures such as um, benches or gathering places. We really want these gardens to be a place where community can, gar can um, gather and hang out um, because yeah, um, if we don't own them, they're always going to be under attack from developers. Um, so, yeah, I wanted to say that our gardens are also um, in the heart of a food swamp, a food apartheid where residents lack access to healthy and fast, healthy and fresh food. Um, if they do have access to it, 
Um, most of them can't afford it. It is still one of the poorest and most violent neighborhoods um, in the country. Um, basically, the only food you can get is from fast food, restaurants, corner stores, stores that only sell processed foods. So food we're growing, we really think um, can change the health outcomes of the community. Um, yeah, as of right now, um, I am I am organizing with the UC the Save UC Townhomes Coalition. Um, basically, in West Philly, next to Penn and Drexel, is is um, an affordable housing complex with sixty eight um, poor Black and Brown families. They are currently um, facing eviction, and we are trying to get as many people to support us as possible. Um, this the owner has ended his is Section 8 affordable housing agreement with um, the federal government. So, yeah, I've just been pretty involved with that, um, trying to protect um, some of the, some of the like only few affordable housing complexes we have left in the city. Um, yeah, as far as school, um, continue to learn um, about what we can do um, as normal people to help our communities, um, learning a lot about housing, um, that type of stuff and yeah I don't know I still don't know what I want to be um, when I grow up but I'm looking at things like being a teacher or being an organizer maybe run for office um, but yeah um, that's pretty much it. Yeah I'm really excited for everything you have planned in the future I feel like Fridges and Family has um, could have such an impact especially if it goes like nationwide and a lot of other areas that are similar to the areas in Philly that you have implemented those fridges right now. Um, I've honestly seen so many places near my house where that would be really needed. So I would really like to see like where that goes. Um, so yeah, once again, Kenny, thank you so much for joining us. It was really, really amazing to be able to have such an important conversation with you about food insecurity, your work with Fridges and Family and the People's Kitchen, as well as you fighting to keep those community gardens in place. And we wish you the best of luck in your journey. To everyone listening, be sure to check out Kenny's socials as well as Fridges and Families and the People's Kitchen socials linked in our description. Thank you all so much for tuning into this week's episode of Teen Talk hosted by Through Teen Lenses.